What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Time to talk about running backs. The key to fantasy football. Also wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks, but certainly running backs. They are super important in fantasy football, and they stress me out. This is a tough position with a lot of incredible players, the best, most valuable players in fantasy football, but also a lot of busts, especially the last two years. We have not done a very good job with our first-round picks in running backs. Or maybe we can just blame the running backs. They haven't done a great job. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Jamie Eisenberg. Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey and Barkley last year, for example, duds. Uh, and there were others later toward the back half of the first round that did not pan out. So I'm going to ask you guys, what do you think about running back this year? It's 2021, Jamie. How's running back looking to you? That's great. Um, no one's going to get hurt. There's going to be no problems. Uh, all the <laughs> offensive lines are fantastic. The quarterbacks are throwing to their running backs all the time. <laughs> there is going to be off the charts, record-breaking numbers for running backs this year. The quarterbacks are throwing to their running backs. It wasn't as important last year as it was in the past. You know, uh, Dave, last year was just a bad year for running backs. Maybe we should just <laughs> put that in the past. It was not a good year for running backs. Well, we had a couple that got hurt and a couple more that underperformed. So... Yeah, that's kind of the story with running backs every year. It's a fragile position. These guys get banged up. And yet people recognize that it's hard to find good ones. And so they prioritize them. And I'm one of those people. And that's why I, when, when I get to round four of a fantasy draft and I'm looking for a running back, I go, oh, crap, there's nothing left that I really like. And because I get that way and because I know I would feel that way in a draft, I put pressure on myself to get at least one really good one, if not two, within my first three picks, just to have the chance of getting a running back that can survive the majority of the season. Give me 20 fantasy points per game in PPR. I would take 11 or 12 and non and just, you know, have somebody stable in my lineup that gives me a chance to put up fantasy points. It's the position um, among the flex positions, that means not including quarterbacks, that puts up the most fantasy points. When you've got a great one. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even matter the format. The best players, I don't know if it's usually going to be two of the best players, four or five of the best players. They are they are almost always running backs. Um, and that's why we're so drawn to them. And that's why McCaffrey is going to be basically the consensus number one pick, even after only playing in a few games last year. Um, all right. So we've we've uh 
we had Ben Gretsch on our show uh, over a year ago, and he talked about the running back dead zone. And a lot of people really are starting to buy into this, Jamie, of beginning in round three, do we have a certain definition for the running back dead zone? I don't know if it's round three. It feels like it's closer to round four or the guys going in round four. You know, when you start to get to that, uh, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, um, you know, and, and you can feel however you want about these guys, but this is just the range of guys. Uh, Jacob Sanders, Gaskin, Davis, Mike Davis, um, you know, Travis Etienne, that, that group of guys, I think, you know, and I mean, maybe JK Dobbins kicks it off. David Montgomery, you could throw in there. Chris Carson, if you want to throw them in there. Um, I, I hope those three guys are in a different category, but it feels like those round four running backs are the ones that are going to really kind of tilt a, a lot of drafts. You know, if, if Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs outperform their concerns of sharing the ball and, and what their teams could look like, then they're going to win a lot of people fantasy leagues. But like Dave said, you know, you get to round four and it's like, you know, if you don't have at least one, um, if not two running backs, I, I think one is certainly safe, but you know, it's not a bad idea to have two. But if you have one and you can look at the wide receiver value that's there, and then maybe you have, you know, one running back, maybe a tight end, but one, let's say it's one running back and three receivers by the time you come through round four, then you just start picking off guys. You know, then you start to get to the group that has not as much maybe reward, but the risk is mitigated by the cost. And so, you know, it's the Damian Harris's, the Javante Williams, the Michael Carter's, uh, uh, pick your Cardinals running back that you like, you know, Chase Edmonds or James Conner, um, you know, Zach Moss, that group. And, you, you know, you take a few of those guys and, you know, you just hope one of them hits. But now your receiver receiving core is loaded. And if the guy that you took in the first round or the second round is in good shape, then that makes your fantasy team even better. So for me, the dead zone is is round four. Um, and some of those guys I mentioned are in the dead zone, too. But I think, you know, it's just a matter of, again, when you're when you're drafting yeah, and I want to, I'll ask you guys this in a bit, but is the dead zone better this year than it used to be? Because we're not used to seeing third-year running backs coming off disappointing seasons like Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. That's not the type of player that usually ends up in the dead zone. Usually the dead zone is Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley last year, players who were hanging on by a thread and we bought into their workloads, and they turned out they were just kind of done. And yeah, we got a half a season, a good season, half a good season <clears throat> from Todd Gurley, but that was it. Um, so we'll get back into that, but... One thing you need to keep in mind when you're drafting running backs, uh, according to Fantasy Pros PPR ADP, there are 14 running backs being taken in the first two rounds. There are eight wide receivers being taken in the first two rounds. So, of course, when you get to round three, the wide receiver is going to look better than the running back at that point. You're just deeper in the player pool at running back. Now, Dave, listen to this. Um, in the last two seasons, there have been five running backs who finished as top 16 running backs, drafted in rounds three to four. Last two seasons, rounds three and four, five of them finished top 16. Uh, at wide receiver, there were 17 wide receivers over the last two seasons, drafted in rounds three and four, that finished top 16 at wide receiver. 17 to five. Yeah. So should that influence your strategy? Generally, wide receivers don't go off the board first. It's the running backs that go first. The strategy that we've been crowing about for the majority of the offseason is kind of the same strategy that we've been crowing about almost our entire careers here. And that is aim for running back early. It's not something that everybody does. The people that win leagues by going zero RB, they swear by it. Nope, wait to take a running back. You're going to do it later. You'll be loaded at every other position with players that don't get hurt as much, and you just kind of weed your way through until you find 
a couple of running backs that are good starters for you. That takes luck. That takes effort, which some people just don't want to do. It's the same people that are just now tuning into this fantasy podcast for the first time in six months that don't love fantasy and don't obsess over it. They're just, you know, trying to put a team together, get a couple of ideas on how to build a roster, and off they go. They don't want to put in the work on the waiver wire. They don't want to make trades. Some people are like that. The people that are like that are the ones that are going to look for running backs a little bit early on, partially because we're suggesting it. But typically, running backs go in those first couple of rounds. Receivers follow. More receivers are drafted in rounds three and four than running backs in a general year anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't surprise me. But is that, is and, that and, and I want to add one last thing. I don't think the running back, everybody's got a different opinion on where the running back dead zone begins. I don't think Jacobs and Sanders are in it. I don't love those guys, but I don't think they're dead zone running backs per se. I would say round five is when you're going to start to see the running back dead zone come into play. Okay, but I think the argument has been that round three actually is a pretty crappy round for running backs and that we elevate players into round three every year because they're running backs. See, I think that's happening in round five this year. Okay. No, it's happening in round three. 100%. 100%. Well, who no, do you think, Jamie? Who, I, I don't think the players are bad, but that's the problem is that people panic because they don't get a running back that they want, and they push guys into a round that they probably shouldn't be in. They should be probably round four running backs because they're good players. They're just not difference-making players. So who? You want me to tell you the, yeah. the guys? All right, so here's round three running backs. DeAndre, it's really not that many. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, right. J.K. Dobbins and Miles Sanders. And obviously, we just got a report before we came on. We just the report not too long ago. DeAndre Swift's actually missing significant time with a groin injury. So he's a little bit different, but it's four guys Swift, Montgomery, Dobbins, Miles Sanders. They're in round three. Should they not? Right. But it's it's really like, you know, all these guys get pushed up because people get nervous that they're not going to get a guy. And so, you know, when when we look, when we, you just you, you just do the numbers. You know, you, you mentioned Adam. You know what the running back numbers are compared to the wide receiver numbers. You say this all the time. What the third receiver is, or the third running back is, what the eighth receiver. However, it comes out. Oh no! What I say is that, like, if you're choosing between Stefan Diggs and running back ten in a full PPR league, odds are Stefan Diggs is going to absolutely crush. Exactly. And so what ends up happening is, you know, so the fourth receiver versus the 11th running back and then, you know, you keep the sliding scale going, but those running backs get pushed up because you're hoping that they hit because the position scarcity. Yeah. But again, if you're just looking at the numbers of it, if you don't take those running backs in the second round or the third round, then they become better players for your fantasy team. But again, they place a position of need. So you have to get those players early. And that's why people draft them in spots that if you're just looking at it from a point system, they wouldn't produce at the same level at the players that you should be drafting in those rounds because they put up higher points. Yeah. Same new quarterbacks, you know. So we 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 value these running backs differently than we do other positions because you're hoping that they're going to hit and be successful and be superstars when the majority of the time they're not. They're still good players, but they're not superstar players. Whereas the receivers have much more likelihood to be superstar players because we see it. So I just want to know what running backs, based on the ADP that we're talking about, are going too soon. Probably most of them, <laughs> you know. But again, it's just a matter of. People need I, to have them on what, their team. Is Josh, what's Josh Jacobs' ADP? He's 37th, so he's just outside. Is that too soon? No, I think I'd agree that that's a little too soon. I'm not comfortable taking him at 37, but I might be. I might understand it if it's at 47. So that might be an example. But this, again, it comes about. down. It, it, it's, it's always all about roster construction and how you feel comfortable building your team. Like, Dave, for example, you feel comfortable having early running back, early Chance, taking early chances on running backs with the hope that they become top 10 caliber guys, you know, so, 
you'll take Antonio Gibson in round two. When you know, if you look at it from a point system, he's probably going to finish as a round three or four player by Ooh. comparison to wide receivers. Hope you get and 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 quarterbacks. I mean, you know, just pushing them those guys down. I, I'm not disagreeing with the, the strategy of it. You know, I'm just saying like the the way that players finish. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire is going to be drafted in the second round. He's probably going to be around three or four player. Uh, Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs are probably end up being like round six or seven players, but they'll finish top 20 at their position, you know, based on how things will go if they're healthy. Um, and, and they'll be successful for your fantasy team. But this is why people draft differently than probably, you know, Dave doesn't. And, and I do is they'll take those wide receivers early and just hope that as a running back injury, or you get lucky on the waiver wire and, you know, zero RB works for a lot of people. I was just in a draft where some guy took uh, John Daigle of, of uh, NBC sports. He started his team. It's, it's uh, the flex league that Jake Sealy starts started. Um, he started his team from, I think the seventh spot with eight straight wide receivers. It's a half PPR league. You could play five of them. Yeah. Um, his Thanks. running backs are AJ Dillon, Tony Pollard, Kenyon Drake, Naeem Hines. And I might be missing one. Don't have to um, do that. I, I'm sorry. Like, you just don't have to do that. That's you don't the have point to do I'm that. But again, people, that, people draft differently. You know, yeah, so he, I know. Could have, he could have taken five of those guys and started all five of them. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you, round three, you can still get maybe A.J. Brown or Terry McCoy. You can still get a top 10 wide receiver. You don't need to do that. that that's the point I'm trying to make. Is it, you know, Running back and wide receiver, to me, are just so linked. You know, it, t- tight end's a wild card in the first few rounds if one of the ones you love fall to them. We never take quarterbacks super early except Mahomes maybe in round three but running backs and wide receivers when you're talking about how you start your team they're just so linked and what you see in round three is that the the wide receivers are incredible so I think that should shape your strategy in rounds one and two Uh, that's basically what I've been trying to say for the first 10 minutes do you guys agree with that that the wide receivers available in round three should and four yeah now that's the next thing I want to talk to you about because the wide receivers in round four to me, they don't feel as good. I don't want to make this the wide receiver preview. I want to know how you feel about this. They don't feel as good this year as they did last year because everybody's in a damn, like, crowded receiving core. You know, and it, it, that's so annoying. You got the Bucks guys. You got the Cowboys guys. You got the Rams. Well, the Rams guys, that hasn't changed, I guess. They, their situation's gotten better. Um, well, the Seahawks guys haven't changed. Uh, well, no, but Metcalf doesn't, Metcalf doesn't get there, you know. But Lockett's around four guys. Lockett might be around five guys. He's... he's Julio Jones is now around four guy. Uh, yeah, but his situation is obviously much worse than it was last year, at least I think. Uh, agreed. But again, you know, you're you're still talking about a second player in a receiving core. Uh, it's true. Um, DJ Moore, he's got the Darnold thing. I don't know. Uh, well, anyway, do you think? Because last year we were like, yeah, round three, four wide receivers, they're awesome. So take running backs in the first two rounds if you want to do that. Do you feel that way this year? That it's like a great start would be running back, running back, receiver, receiver. Yep, I do for sure. It, and, and it's where you draft too, you know. So like in that flex draft, I was picking tenth, and I started with Aaron Jones. I took Jonathan Taylor in round two, and then Keenan Allen was there in round three, and I took Cooper Cup in round four. You know, so I love that start. Nice, yeah. yeah. Right, and the other thing is, um, last year looking at half PPR ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator, I hated the round four running backs. Right? I mean, Melvin Gordon, Mark Ingram, and Devin Singletary. Were the first three running backs off the board. <laughs> Round three. Yeah, now this was probably early August. Or, right. Well, no, actually, I, I looked at this uh, not that long ago. From uh, you know, Anyway, um, le- round three was Fournette, and that was before um, uh, before he, he ended cut. up on the Bucks, right? Yeah. David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Jonathan Taylor. So the other thing, like, kind of remember I was saying, like, uh, 
the dead zone, it feels a little different this year because you have, basically my point, the running backs this year in rounds three and four feel a little bit better than they did last year, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, it's that whole group of rookies from a year ago, the sophomores. Some of them, yeah. Swift and Dobbins, Edwards Elair is still in the in the second round, Gibson's in the second round. But they but, populated the position. It was such a robust oh, yeah. class that it, you know, and imagine we still had Cam Akers, yeah. you know, so I guess you just swap in Daryl Henderson is probably going to end up with a fourth round ADP, but um, you know, it's 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 populated the position to a point where you know you 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 supplemented this year with Harris and Etienne on the front end and back end of it, um, so it does make it it does make it better where you're not relying on those older players to have to you know carry your fantasy team. You know, thankfully people aren't drafting David Johnson in that range, Melvin Gordon in that range. Um, you know, right. that players would certainly fall into that category, but right. uh, they're you know in some different situations. <laughs> right. So basically, we've we've replaced like Mark Ingram and uh, like the David Johnsons of the world and Devin Singletary with rookies with Travis Etienne and Josh Jacobs, you know, and maybe even Miles Gaskin and Mike Davis who might make their way in around five. So with that said, uh, does that make it? Like, what does that mean? What does that mean in terms of how you should draft running back if it seems like the first five rounds are deeper this year than they were last year? I think you have to look at a running back rank list, call it to make it your own. So there might be a couple of names on my list or Jamie's list or Heath's list or Chris Towers list that you might disagree with. Maybe you think Josh Jacobs is legit. Maybe you think that Clyde Edwards-Elair is going to stink. But you make your list and then you make a big red line and that's your dividing line. The more running backs you have above that dividing line, the more running backs that you're comfortable having, the longer you can wait to fill that position. And it might be in terms of like half of a round or one full round. But if you only like 12 running backs, you should probably strongly consider taking two with your first two picks because once those 12 are gone, if you look at the, you know, the Mike Davises and Daryl Hendersons of the world and it makes you go blah, then you're you're in trouble. You need to fill that position a lot sooner, but you might see value in Davis and Henderson. And we'll talk about all these guys, ETN, maybe even the Cardinals guys or James Robinson. And then you can wait a little bit longer, but it's all, it all comes down to just how risk averse you are and how willing you're going to make, how deep your list will be at running back. Uh-huh. All right. So I just sent you guys fantasy pros, ADP and PPR as of tonight, August 9th. I want you guys to, Make your first five picks based on ADP, you know, within a few spots of what ADP is. Jamie, I'm going to give you the fifth pick, and I want you to make make your first five picks. You can start however you want, but how could you see a draft shaking out in a way that you'd be happy? I don't see any scenario where I don't have the luxury of picking Ezekiel Elliott at five, barring injury. I think those four running backs are so locked in. Whatever order, whatever format you're talking about, I don't see somebody taking... Anyone over McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, and Henry in PPR. Henry over Kamara in non-PPR. Okay, so you take Zeke five, and then like, yeah. what are you looking at in the next four rounds? In the next four rounds? Yeah, let's um, say, let, get creative. Like, you know, how many, I want to see how many running back. I want to see your running back I'm approach. probably taking two because I like Edwards Hilaire in the second round, and so he's typically there in the middle of round two. So I will take him in the middle of round two. But if Antonio Gibson is there and Edwards Hilaire is off the board, I'll take Gibson. Uh, if Harris somehow falls, I'll take Najee Harris. Mixon is there because uh, everybody hates Mixon. Uh, Mixon is, is in oh, that yeah. category as well. He's ahead of those guys. Okay. Um, so I, I I would most likely start running back, running back. 
Now, if there is a huge run on running backs and you're telling me that maybe Stephon Diggs or Calvin Ridley is there or Hopkins, then I will consider that. You know, if I, I'm, I'm not going to reach for um, Dobbins in non-PPR would be probably in that range for me. You know, he's a, he's a low-end number one guy, high-end number two guy. In PPR, it's probably... Um, would Montgomery you take Waller? I'm sorry? Would you take Waller if he were there? Uh, I'm not three. typically taking the, the – I haven't found myself at least taking the tight ends in round two. You know, it's typically early round three where I would take Waller, and, and I'm not necessarily, you know, rushing to get George Kittle. So I haven't taken a lot of Kittle. But um, I probably would start running back, running back, and then receiver, receiver. Okay. So so you take uh, Zeke. You'll take Joe Mixon, let's just say, or Clyde edwards either. You pick Mixon or edwards either. Uh, I would take Mixon. Okay, you take Zeke, you take Mixon. Round three comes along. We're going to pick 30. You're going to go with Terry McLaurin. You're very high I absolutely him. love that. Uh, let's see. Are we playing this league out? Because I'm having yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next <laughs> round, you can choose between Amari Cooper or, you know, or Miles Gaskin or Chris Godwin. Uh, I, just looking at the ADP, I would probably take Cooper Cup there. Okay, you take Cooper Cup. And then in the next round, you're going to go with maybe Hawkinson. Like, I'm just going to pass because I've already won the league with the first. All purpose. right, great. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And then maybe you wait a little bit on running back, and then you get to like, you know, who's your like? What are you going to do with your with your third? Who's going to be your third running back in this scenario? So you've got Zeke and Mixon. You've got uh, who is your third round? McLaurin, Cooper Cup. Yep. A lot of times you take Hawkinson. Maybe you take Kyler Murray or something like that. There. What What's your third running back ideally going to look like in, in this type of team? I, I'll I'll give you you know not pick five but pick ten. What I did you know so I went with um, Aaron Jones, Jonathan Taylor, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup. Okay. So similar type of players. You know, aside from obviously Zeke, but you could make the case for Zeke and Aaron Jones being similar. Um, so what I did was uh, in round five, Kareem Hunt was there. And I took Kareem Hunt. Okay. And I'm guessing Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin. I Kareem Hunt in round five. I'm guessing Mike Davis and Miles Gaskin were gone. Oh, no. It was round six. In round five, I took Kyler Murray. I apologize. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, I told you to take Kyler. I like that a lot better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as do I, yes. <laughs> all right. But wait, sorry. I just want to follow up with that. Mike Davis, Miles Gaskin, and Daryl Henderson were all gone. They were all gone, yes. Yeah. Okay. All right, Dave. So now you're going to take, you're going to have like the ninth pick. All right, make, All right. Make me a roster. Tell me your running back strategy with the ninth pick uh, in a 12-team league, PPR. I'm going to assume that the big four are off the board. I'm going to assume that Zeke and Aaron Jones are off the board. Will Austin Eckler be there? Eckler, according to average draft position, will definitely be there. That's who I'm targeting. That's who I'm looking for in a full PPR league at ninth overall. All right, now I, let's put it to the test here because, like I said, your next pick is going to be someone in the Najee Harris, Mixon, Gibson range, or Perfect. or Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, who, like I've been saying, they are probably, uh, most likely scenario is that they crush the running back you take. What are you going to do? But I know that the running backs that are going to be left for me in round three won't be to my liking. That's going to be the start of the group of the like the Chris Carson, Miles Sand. Like I'd be, I would be okay if it's Carson. I would take Carson there. I would not be happy if it's Miles Sanders that's there. And I don't think David Montgomery is going to last to late round three much longer. Uh, you can tell me what the ADP says. But if you can guarantee me that David Montgomery will be there, if no. you can guarantee no, no, no. He's, dude, he's, that Montgomery or Carson will be there, he's not going to. Then be yeah, there. I'm going to go with Dick Diggs. I almost said something else. <laughs> Carson will be there. 
Carson, what, does Montgomery have a chance of being there? Not really. Yeah. I think you got to know your league at that point. Because uh, that's what it, I'm asking. Now, this is a league with a bunch of strangers. Obviously, I don't know. No, he's ADP probably not. 29, but I think we probably all make the argument that Robert Woods is probably going higher than 40. Um, that uh, where's CD Lamb? Oh, CD Lamb's at 34. Um, yeah. That's probably you know maybe maybe the quarterbacks get pushed up you know in certain leagues. So Lamar Jackson yeah. is going at 44. I'm going to have a hard time passing on the, the Najee, Mixon, Gibson, Taylor if he's there. Uh, play it out both ways. So, Taylor, so yeah. go running back. So, I'm, all right, I'm we'll, taking we'll, Najee. You, you're, going, you're going Najee and uh, – I'm Eckler. sorry, you're going Eckler, Eckler and Najee. Najee. All right, so I will go – I'll go Eckler also, and I'll take Stephon Dix. Okay, so now when I'm up in round three, I, I'm, I'm wide open. I know I could take any position, but the pressure's off, okay? Weight is off my shoulders. I can feel good about taking anything I want to, except quarterback. I'm probably not going to take quarterback. It's a little too early to take a quarterback. You tell me who's left. I'll tell you who I'm taking, but I, okay. I won't fear any position. Okay. Uh, 34th overall, you've got Allen Robinson, CeeDee Lamb. Ah, you can't get him out, Robinson. That's 33. All right, all right. Yeah, don't get me Robinson. <laughs> CD Lamb, uh, Miles Sanders, Carson, Josh Jacobs. I think it. I think he does have the 33rd pick, though. Yeah, he has the 33rd pick. So. Oh. All right, so you're looking at Allen Robinson, CD Lamb. But again, I don't think Robinson's there in most situations either. Yeah, uh, depends. Josh Allen's off the board. Okay, all right. You know what? Forget it. No Allen Robinson. CeeDee Lamb, Miles Sanders, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, Evans, Woods, Julio, Cooper, Godwin. You know the group. I'm probably, I I might be tempted to take Julio. It would be a lot easier to say that if he were healthy and practicing right now in Tennessee. Lamb would probably be next up for me, and then Chris Carson would be. All right, we'll take two of those three. But if I had taken Diggs, then this would obviously be Carson. No, you didn't take Diggs. Jamie did. I know, right. I'm, I'm I'm telling you who Jamie's taking. All right, great. Jamie, and I don't blame him for it. Give me two picks. So you get, you've got you've got Eckler, Najee Harris, and then CD Lamb. CD Lamb. You know, maybe I get Lamb and Julio. Great. You just got Lamb and Julio. I'm loving it. All right, uh, Jamie. What about you? Um, you know, I I I probably would lean Carson. Knowing that if I take Carson there, I still have the opportunity just based on the players that we're looking at here of Robert Woods, Julio Jones, Amari Cooper, Chris Godwin. You right. know, so that makes it a lot easier to say I'll, I'll hopefully get one of those guys. Uh, but if you tell me that Chris Carson's gone, then I'm just going to lean into taking receivers and just you know take my chances with Eckler and three receivers to well, start my team. Just yeah. for full disclosure, who's the next best running back that's there after Carson? Miles Gaskin. Would be the one for me. And you wouldn't take him in this spot or in round four. I wouldn't take Gaskin ahead of those receivers, no. Right. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't see That's this fine. is I think where people fall into this trap. And this is where the dead zone becomes a problem. Is you say, Okay, I've taken my one running back, I've taken two wide receivers now. Oh my gosh, I have to get a second running back. And you know, like the same thing that happened to Adam on our last mock, 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 uh, live draft, you know, where you started with your McCaffrey, Hopkins, Mahomes, and you were saying, and again, that was non PPR, but you were saying, Oh, I don't I have to get a second running back. Whereas if you had just maybe leaned into not taking the second running back and getting stud receivers or the tight end there, then your team looks a little bit different. You yeah, know? maybe, so, but it's non PPR league. I think you got to be a little sure. And, and I get that, but you know, like <laughs> I think you took Javante Williams over some pretty good receivers. Um, I and did. I think that's where like 
and, and it's, it's a natural feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, people, you said this, Adam, you, you come back from, you look at your, you take a step back from your draft and you say, ugh, that second running back looks awful. But then when you go, I have the number one quarterback or I have the best three receivers in the league or I have the best tight end in the league and the best, uh, you know, secondary situation, whatever it may be, quarterback, you know, number one running back, whatever. Um, that I think is just a better situation overall than reaching for somebody just because you feel you have to fill that spot. All right, let me focus it back here to the decisions that you might have to make on draft day. So if you have kind of a late pick and you go running back wide receiver like Jamie did, and then you say, all right, you know what? I'm actually going to take two more wide receivers. I don't love any of the running backs here. So now you've got your first round running back. It's Austin Eckler. You got Stefan Diggs. You got CeeDee Lamb. And you got Julio Jones. And you just love your team. Um, and I, I, I mean, are we talking this? You'd only do this in a three receiver league? Would you even do this in a two receiver plus flex? I would do, I would it, do it in a three receiver league plus flex. Absolutely. All right. All right, so then with your fifth-round pick, you know, the wide receivers you could have, Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, Kenny Galladay. The running backs you could have, um, James Robinson, Daryl, I don't, not Daryl Henderson. That's Henderson won't Isaac. make it there. Uh, James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, Javante Williams. So which group is stronger there with a late pick, your fifth and sixth picks? Is that Robinson... James Robinson, Chase Edmonds, Javante Williams, or Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, Kenny Galladay? It's a pretty crappy group of receivers with what the reports are on Jamar Chase right now and what Kenny Galladay's situation is. Um, you know, I I would much rather come away with the three receivers and Eckler and then take a chance on, uh, like, I, I would actually put Michael Carter in this group, and I think he belongs in that group of running backs, and I would actually put Damian Harris in that group as well. So I would probably... At this point, if I had gone three receivers and I don't want to go quarterback or tight end, you know, let's say Hawkinson is, is gone and the top five quarterbacks are off the board, I would take a chance on two running backs that are probably still in the dead zone if you want to, you know, depending on how far you expand the dead zone. Uh, but two running backs that I like in this, you know, Kareem Hunt might be in this in this range as well, depending on, on how he, he falls, uh, as opposed to saying I, I take, you know, Gaskin and then those other receivers okay yeah but there's there's another option that adam didn't give us and that's tight end and then there's another option after that and that's quarterback what's left at those positions is there somebody there that i can take that will fill a starting lineup spot for me where i don't feel like i'm reaching like i would for a carter a hunt a damian harris i can't take damian harris in round five um and non PPR, I might be able to take him in round six, but I think that's just the definition of of going after a running back uh, at too soon of a point in a draft. And we might say the same thing about it, it the receivers that we were talking about. But at this some is round point, five and round six. at some point, you have to take some running backs. You know? Oh, sure. Like you but can't like just the, keep punting. The whole point it. of it, the running back dead zone doesn't just start and then flow through the rest of your draft. The no. dead zone stops at some point. And there are running backs left when the dead zone is over that you go, okay, I recognize that these guys are, are flawed fantasy starters, but they do have potential. I know what types of things that I want to look for in those types of running backs based on my league scoring system, and they actually turn out to be decent values by the time you draft them. That's when you can say, okay, uh, I will I will take a chance on A.J. Dillon, who, who's uh, his upside is obviously tied to Aaron Jones, but even when Aaron Jones is healthy, maybe he plays the 9.1 touches per game that, that Jamal Williams had last year. There are so year. many guys that are not just lottery ticket guys. There are so yes, many guys yes, that are going are. to play in their backfields 
that if the starter in front of them gets hurt, they could be monsters. Yes. But they don't need the starter to get hurt to still return value Thank that you'd you. like to use them as flex options, but you can use them in a pinch at number two running back. And, you know, Dave mentioned a couple of them, Jamal Williams, A.J. Dillon, uh, Latavius Murray, Gus Edwards. I know, think they're, Connor they're, belongs in this group. Who? I'm sorry? I think James Connor belongs in this group. Uh, I think Connor's ahead of this group just because there's there's a little bit more certainty that he's going to maybe lead the committee. But I would sure. probably throw Kenyon Drake in this in this category. Yeah. I, um, these are one B running backs. Like that's yeah, how I would classify. Yeah, them. you know, but they're going later than the Connors, you know, and, and probably later than the the Gordons and the uh, you know the the 49ers situation. Whoever Trey you like, Sherman Trey is Sherman in, or the, Yeah, um, at, but they're yeah. they're guys that and, and I would have said the same thing about Daryl Henderson before Cam Akers injury. You know, he was also yes. going to be one of these guys. You know, so these are the type of running backs that if you do go modified RB or zero RB that can still retain some big, big time value for you. Because then if the guy in front of them gets hurt, my God, yeah. imagine having the starting running back for the Ravens as a solo act or the starting running back for the Saints as a solo act. And we're talking about the later guys that you're drafting. So, uh, or, or Dylan or Tony Pollard, you know, Pollard's probably in a different category because he's not going to play as much as those other right. guys. He, right. But some of these guys that we're mentioning are probably more handcuffed. Yeah, Pollard than guys. Pollard's not yeah. going to help. We can talk about but, that. But Edwards, Murray. But I don't think uh, I don't think Edwards yeah. will. I don't think Edwards will. He, I don't think Edwards catch. is. I think Edwards is a handcuff. I think yeah. Murray is a handcuff. I think Pollard is a handcuff. Yeah, but they're not going to play that much. Like no, they're going to play. When, 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 no, when I look at these one B running backs, I'm thinking that eight to twelve touch range. It's not a lot. It's but, not. It's not a lot. But all, all it. All you need, and again, you don't want to rely on these guys as starters. That's not the the goal of this. The goal of this is to have them in in like you, it's spots. just like you said. It's just like you said. If you're in a pinch, you can use them, and yeah, you yeah. feel kind of okay. But it, you know, if if we're talking three receiver and a flex, and you've got three stud or four stud receivers, then this guy is your second running back. If you have one at the top, you know, one of the top twelve running backs or top fifteen running backs that you feel really comfortable with, it could be a great situation for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can work out. It's just a matter of getting a little lucky. Okay, well, I'd rather have Mixon. Um, uh, you just Sorry, I was joking here. Uh, listen, it is uh, draft prepping for charity month here. Supporting St. Jude, it is underway. Throughout the month, we'll have various eBay auctions supporting St. Jude, culminating in our draft-a-thon, which is on September 1st. You've heard about our pre-draft calls already, but now we've added a beer with Heath over Zoom. How fun is that? A spot in the 2021 Fantasy Football Today Podcast League and spots in the 2022 Scott Fishbowl. So basically, we're asking you to bid on these awesome items and it all supports St. Jude. Go to cbssports.com slash eBay to donate and bid. That is cbssports.com slash eBay. This, by the way, is part one of two. Part two, we're basically going to go through everybody and talk about all the players. We're trying to lay out some strategy here in part one. Let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Okay, uh, Dave, who's your favorite sleeper? My favorite sleeper running back. I don't know if, uh, if, if Carter can qualify anymore. He might be a little too popular at this point, but I, I love his talent. I think he's surrounded by like the grave sites of fantasy busts past. In New York, when that offensive line is healthy, it's good. Right now, they're going through some issues, and that kind of sucks. But I, I think Carter's got a chance to play the most of any running back in New York, and that includes working in passing situations. He's a good receiver out of the backfield, and I bet he runs a lot of routes because he's stunk in pass protection in college, and they're going to have to adjust to that uh, if they're going to put him on the field in a bunch of third downs, third and long for sure. Uh, if he plays, he's running a route. 
That means he gets a chance to get a catch. That means he's got a chance to put up some fantasy points. Uh, he's he's a little strong guy. I think he could end up being good. He's one of my favorite sleeper running backs, and I like him. I love getting him in round six. Don't want to reach for him in round five. Round six is where I'm comfortable taking him. Michael Carter. All right, uh, Jamie, who's your favorite sleeper? Uh, another guy that falls in, in that category of someone who's going to play and is an injury away from being a star for me, and I take him in almost every draft, is Daryl Williams. Um, you know, I, I, I love the Chiefs offense, obviously. Who doesn't? I uh, love what they did with their offensive line. Uh, the report last week of him getting 30 to 33% of the first team work already uh, in practice is clearly a good sign that they're going to use him in some capacity. And we saw last year after Edward Tolaire got hurt and Le'Veon Bell failed, uh, he was their guy in the playoffs. So uh, it's big that they haven't you know, brought in anybody significant. I know Derek McKinnon's had a couple plays in training camp lately, but that's more in the passing game. Uh, I think Daryl Williams, should something happen to Clyde edwards Lair could be awesome, but he's a great lottery ticket stash to put on the under bench. Okay, I'm trying to think of if Michael Carter, because I know Jamie already talked about Michael Carter and how you liked him, if he reminds me of anyone. And my theme... Just turn on a Hurricanes uh, uh, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Basically, we love the opportunity, but he's on the Jets. So how much much can he do, I guess? And has there been a guy where we've been so excited and and he just the offense has been so bad that it just hasn't mattered? Uh, I don't. I, don't I know. mean, there's guys like that every year. Yeah. So who? So why is Mike? So why is he not? Well, it's that? because he's talented. He's good at making defenders miss. He's versatile. I think that he's not just you know a, a two down plug. He's he's got some pop to his game, and if he can create yardage even behind a substandard. Uh, set of teammates, then I think he'll be okay. And I think but he's going to get the opportunity. Underrated. It's a quarterback that is a little bit wild card because, you know, he's, he's made some plays, made some mistakes. <laughs> I think the, the concerning the, in training camp, at least um, was Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the interesting thing is uh, what they're going to do behind him, you know, because if they just let him go and let him be the guy, then he's got a nice opportunity to, you know, be a good flex. I don't think he's a league winner per se. You know, I think a lot has to happen for that to be the case. Um, but, is you know Ty Johnson's been getting a lot of run with the first team offense lately, or at least some run with the first team offense. Uh, you know Tevin Coleman's going to get in there and have an opportunity. Uh, is Michael P Ryan going to get in there and have an opportunity? That's where I think it becomes an issue. Like if this is going to be a committee backfield, then Michael Carter's probably getting overdrafted in the sixth round. And I agree with Dave; I would take him in the sixth round all day. Uh, but um, you know, it's just a matter of how much work he'll get to separate himself. It started to look that way. I hope it continues to be that way, but. Uh, Michael Carter right now, just looking at the uh, Fantasy Pros ADP, is the 30th running back off the board. To me, that's great value. Yeah. All right, let's go breakouts. Jamie, who's your favorite breakout? Uh, I'm going to go back to uh, Antonio Gibson. You know, he's he's somebody that I love. I uh, loved him last year. You know, um, I, I like the fact there was a report today that he's playing in their hurry-up offense, um, you know, yeah, taking J.D. McKissick's role. So expanded game, full offseason for a guy converted running uh, converted wide receiver. Uh, you know, he – He's somebody that I think you can see, you know, people being a little skittish of because of McKissick, and I think that's going to work in your favor if you plan to target him. So uh, I think he's a round two pick. I think he's got top fifteen upside. So uh, better offensive line, better quarterback play than they had a year ago. I think it's going to be a big year for uh, for Antonio Gibson. For the record, he's a running back turned wide receiver turned running back, yeah. and I, I, I they didn't use his receiving skills enough last year. And I think they can improve on that. They didn't give him a lot of run last year. I think he can improve on that. Like there's there's a big step that can be taken here for a guy that scored double digit touchdowns and might be able to do it again. It wouldn't surprise me in the least if we were talking about drafting him in round one in 2022. 
I've struggled with it because I people really like Antonio Gibson. I, I mean, he might creep close to the first round. He's not going to make it into the first round this year, but he could. He did be, in that flex draft. You know what'll happen? Really? If people just if if they don't buy it was, what's it going was on, the, it's the turn. So twelve right. thirteen. Sure. I don't but get like, it. If don't people don't it. buy Mixon and people don't buy. Uh, what's going on in Pittsburgh, and they're nervous about Saquon and Jonathan Taylor. This is who gets pushed up, and this is the guy who goes in late round one. All right, look, I'll just I'll just push back because he shouldn't go in round one. Yeah, but he shouldn't go. He shouldn't go over the first five receivers, in my opinion. Which would be nobody's taking over Adams and Tyreek, but then it's some some order of Diggs, Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, right? I mean, that's usually the top five. Sure. Are you taking Gibson over over them? In a, in a, I'm talking people. I'm taking him over yes. four or five. Really? I'm taking him over all three. Wow. All right. You know, I only I drafted him in a league last month only because you guys have so much faith in him. So I I trust right, you but that's guys. a problem. I mean, you're you're looking at I took him in the third round. So you're you're looking right. at uh it's not a problem. Not an a problem. offense that has featured their running backs to such a high extent in the passing game with Scott Turner and what he's done. In the passing and game, yeah. But, but okay, I know what you just said about the two-minute drill. But McKissick They don't call it the two-minute drill. I don't think it's just specifically two-minute drill. It's oh. the passing, the, the up They call it their turbo set. Offense. All right, but right. McKissick is still so there. Hustling. Is he just fading? Because I think, I think McKissick has to basically fade away for Gibson to, to live up to a top 15 draft pick. I think they know that when they put McKissick in the backfield, they're tipping their hand that it's going to be a pass. So what? There's plenty of teams that do that. The Patriots right, do that but with teams James don't White. like to do that, especially the teams that want to try and keep defenses off balance and, and have an eye on the playoffs and all that jazz. Plenty of teams have pass catching. Has Gibson third gives down them, backs. Gibson makes them less predictable. I mean, he basically walked walked into their building and scored 11 touchdowns without an offseason. Yeah, I know, but position. yeah, I get he only had four games last year with more than 14 carries. Right. Five if you include the playoffs. He basically just destroyed the Cowboys last year. He was pretty pedestrian when he wasn't playing the Cowboys. So if you think he's a candidate for touchdown regression, what well, I just saying that he really needs McKissick to go away or to just basically not right. be much of a thing at all. I would be surprised if he's healthy if he doesn't get to 50 catches. Right. Okay. He was averaging like 3.1 targets per game last year. I think if you're drafting him as a top 15 pick, you would be disappointed if he was even at 3.7. You uh, you want that number to look like four or five. Gibson, and this is this is a coaching staff that compared him to Christian McCaffrey once yeah. upon a time. All right, Gibson. And they don't by seem the way, to be backing down. Gibson was second in the NFL in broken tackles per carry, so he was the second best. Mm-hmm. Only Mike Creating Davis. Yards. Only Mike Davis though uh, was better at breaking tackles. Okay, uh, Dave, let's go to your breakout. Jamie's was Gibson. So let's make the case for Jonathan Taylor because I think that he's somebody that is becoming polarizing because of all the injuries along the offensive line in Indianapolis and, of course, at quarterback, too. When he was rolling last year, and this is the last seven games, this includes the playoff game that he was in last year, he had over 900 total yards and nine touchdowns. Didn't have a lot of catches, but he had everything else that you want in terms of fantasy production and created a pace that was just... You know, uh, it, it's almost unrealistic. It's 2,200 total yards and over 20 touchdowns. We know <laughs> that the offensive line, if 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 the Colts are lucky, they'll be close to full strength to begin the season. But maybe by the time they get to like week six or so, that offensive line should be pretty good. 
And the, at least that's the hope. And if that's the case, then it, I know that not having, you know, somebody like Carson Wentz at under center is is a bit of an issue. But the offensive line matters more to me. And Taylor's healthy right now. That's a good thing, too. I think that this offense will flow quite a bit through him. They'll do the best they can with the offense they've got. And when when you need him at midseason at the end of the year, he'll give you his best production yet. And he'll get you through the first few weeks, provided he stays healthy. All right, what does a breakout look like? He has to. Jonathan Taylor has to finish top blank to be a breakout. Five. All right, so then let me just tell you, in full PPR, and I've said this last week, but for those of you who weren't listening, uh, there have been four running backs who have finished top five in full PPR on an offense that ranked 20th or worse in scoring in the mm-hmm. last three seasons. So it's one more than one a year, four in the last three seasons, in basically a bottom 10 offense or close to it, uh, and in top five running back. The problem is all of them had at least 54 catches. They were ranged from 54 catches to McCaffrey, 116 catches. So <clears throat> Taylor actually, on his six-game stretch, was on pace for 37 catches, and that was in 16 games. Mm-hmm. Not that bad, but it's not 50. But it's not 54. Yeah, right. right. So that's just something to keep in mind. If their offense is going to stink, he probably needs to be involved in the passing game. I can't see him getting there, though. That's the problem. You think you can't get see him the, getting to 54 catches? No. I not don't think unless Jacob Eason that. turns into Alex Smith. Not unless Naeem Hines goes away. How about 40? 40 is doable, especially yeah. in 17 games. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to come off the field in, in too many <laughs> that are non-obvious, you know, third and, you know, big-time distance, you know, scenarios. You know, they can leave him on the field in, in third down. But I, I think that Taylor is is a very good running back. I don't see him as a breakout candidate because I don't see him see him superseding what he did in his big stretch last year. I don't see him finishing in the top five. So I I just have a hard time putting that designation on him. But I think he's uh he's 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 a very good player, you know, and hopefully everything you know works out well for his uh teammates around him because he's gonna need those guys. All right, let's do it. I think he does then. have a chance to do it. And the fact that you can draft him in late round one or round two gives you a little bit of wiggle room in case he doesn't. Right, and by the way, he could certainly finish like top eight. I'm just saying the top five has been a little bit elusive. But he's being drafted top eight, though, so you know that's hard to be. I don't know. Is that what the ADP is right now? He's running back eight at pick ten overall. But where do you go in the flex draft? Because you know this ADP. I took him at what in round two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He might not be. He went. I mean, you know, just looking at the running backs, like he went. His ADP right now is ahead of Aaron Jones. That's not happening. Um, That's that's not true anymore. I I can't imagine that's still. Real. Right. So he was, I took Jones as the, I took him after Barkley. So it was McCaffrey, Cook, Henry, Kamara, Barkley, Elliott. Uh, then I took Aaron Jones. That's how many running back? I don't seven. know. Seven. Uh, seven, sure. We'll call it seven. Uh, and then Gibson and Chubb went ahead of him. All right. In the last four days on NFC, he's RB8. So we'll just say that. And he's Yeah, I mean, that's where he should finish. Okay. Let me let me just point out one other thing, and this is for everybody that doesn't draft Jonathan Taylor. First five games of the season for Indianapolis, Seattle, the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens. It's tough, and their offensive line won't be great. If Taylor gets off to a slow start, which is very possible given the offensive line woes and the quarterback woes, that's the time to strike a deal to get him on your team because the schedule lightens up considerably the rest of the way. There's there's a couple of tough games. So the Tampa Bay is on the schedule. But I, I think that your your plan A is to get Jonathan Taylor in round two. Your plan B is to trade for him 
uh, by week four or five. Okay, let's do a bust here real quick, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll look at ADP for the first, at least one, maybe hopefully two rounds, and we'll finish it up on tomorrow's episode. All right, Jamie, a bust at running back. I mean, Miles Sanders is the easy one for me. Um, you know, just the scenario of what this running back could look, running back uh, group can look like for Philadelphia. You know, when you're talking about giving maybe Boston Scott some first team looks, giving Kenneth Gainwell some passing downs work. Uh, Miles Sanders struggling in camp right now, dealing with drops and um, you know some fumble issues. Jalen Hurts not having a big season. So Sanders right now is going at the end of round three. I wouldn't touch him until round four at the earliest. He's going as the 18th running back off the board. I don't think he's a top 20 running back this year. So I love him as a player. I think if they gave him an opportunity to be a featured guy, he could be very, very good. Uh, with the offensive line getting healthy, but it just feels like it's going to be a bad situation for him with all the other guys in that backfield. Okay, just uh, would you take Daryl Henderson over Miles Sanders? Absolutely. Dave, would you? I'm not there yet. All right, who's your bus, Dave? It's Jacobs, just because I think his ADP is too high. The one that you sent us on NFC, or not NFC, this is Fantasy Pros ADP, is right at the end of round three. I'm far more comfortable taking him toward the end of round four, if not round five. I feel like the messages are are too clear from the actions of the coaching staff this offseason. They bring in Kenyon Drake. They gave him a decent amount of money. They talk about how good of a pass catcher he is. They they reshape the offensive line. They bring in some speed. They, they're they're going to try and cultivate speed at wide receiver with rugs. They did bring in speed with John Brown. I, I'm worried that there are too many things that could hinder Josh Jacobs from matching what he's done the past couple of seasons, which is 1,300 total yards and a decent amount of touchdowns. And just so inconsistent. We've talked about the splits between win and loss. And just in fantasy, I think he's had like five games with 15-plus PPR last year, and everything else was a dud. And I, I don't want to take a player like that in round three. I really don't want to take a player like that in round four. And I really don't want to take a running back whose high-value touches are threatened by the running back that the coaching staff in the front office brought in during the offseason while he's playing behind an offensive line that could be just as bad, if not worse, than last year's unit. Okay, and would you take Travis Etienne or Josh Jacobs? PPR Etienne is the answer. Okay, and I just want to thank Colin, who sent an email that said, I burst out laughing at your Jeremy Spokane team name. You're a genius. Thank you, Colin. We're going to take a break. I think he was talking to Heath. Uh, definitely me. Oh, no. The Jeremy Spokane was you. Yeah, thank Heath's you. Heath's was better, though. What was Heath's? Spoken like an idiot or something like, <laughs> like that. Like an idiot moron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like an idiot moron. All right, we're going to take a break here. We'll take a look at average draft position for the running backs, according to Fantasy Pros, and we'll see how far we get. All right, we'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back. Part one of the running back preview. And away we go. This is PPR. I don't exactly know the date range, but you'll see there are some wacky ones here. But McCat, like Barkley, fifth overall. Although, you know, I got to get out of my kind of industry bubble because whenever I tweet about Barkley, a lot of people think that we're too low on him and that he should be the fifth pick in drafts. Seems that way anyway. Okay. McCaffrey. He's a league winner. And if he's healthy, he's going to be a league winner. Do you really believe that? Yes. He's got the potential to be a league winner. Absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of things working against him. Yes, there are. (laughs) Starting with his own body. Yeah. All right. All right. Spend some time. Again, if he's healthy. So McCaffrey and Cook are one and two. Easy calls. Yes. In PPR, I think so. Non PPR, I would I, I would take Henry ahead of Cook in non PPR. Okay. In full PPR, just in case you're wondering Cook versus Henry, Derrick Henry rushed for two thousand yards last year and Dalvin Cook outscored him by almost I think four points per game. Definitely I think it's three points per game in full PPR. He also outscored Henry in half PPR per game. Henry's three, Kamara's four. They actually have basically the same exact ADP. So who do you guys go with in full PPR at pick three and pick four? Kamara first, and then Henry. You have to. Kamara, I mean, I was looking at his touchdown log today. He scores a lot of touchdowns from him, like very close to the end zone. Five yards or closer on, I don't know, 80% of his touchdowns in his big touchdown seasons, 2018 and 20. And they've been a, and, and by the way, He's never had more than like 53% of the carries inside the five-yard line. So it's very obvious that the play calling really favors. Like they run the ball when they get in deep. But anyway, they've been a top five offense every year for Kamara. So I just said there's a path to being a top five running back, even on a bad offense, and you got to catch the ball, and Kamara will. But this is going to be his worst offense. The Michael Thomas injury, two things. Makes the offense worse. But on the plus side, he averaged, what, like seven catches per game without Michael Thomas? He was good at, like, record-setting. So I don't know. What I'm saying is I see the opportunity for a lot of catches, but I see the opportunity for a bad offense to slow down Alvin Kamara. I'm I'm a little nervous at three, guys. I think a lot of people share that sentiment. You know, it's uh, – it's look, it's the potential of a bad Jameis Winston, which we've seen many, many times. Uh, a bad Taysom Hill uh, in terms of throwing the ball to him, which we saw last year in a, in a small sample size. Uh, I like that, you know, Sean Payton is making jokes about it, but I hope it's something that they're working on in practice. You know, we had Pete Prisco on uh, CBS Sports HQ. He was in New Orleans uh, talking to Sean Payton off the record, watching the offense work, and he thinks Jameis is going to be the starter. And he also thinks that, Kamara is going to have the most receptions of his career, which could conceivably happen knowing that Michael Thomas is out and there is no proven second guy. You know, when you're hearing Marcus Callaway is the top guy now because Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas are out, uh, that's a great thing for not just uh, Kamara, but one of my favorite players also, Adam Traubman. Um, it's, uh, it, it could be a huge year for him. And so if the touchdowns Regress a little bit, but he makes up for it maybe with a few more catches and gets to 90 catches. My God, PPR, he could be an absolute superstar and could be the best player. I know Chris Towers has him second on his draft board, you know, so he might be better than Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry. 
Okay. And but there then, are flaws. I mean, there are certainly flaws. Right, right. And uh, Henry would be an easy four for you guys? <clears throat> I struggle a little bit in PPR with, with Zeke just because I think Zeke's going to have a huge bounce back season. But, you know, it's hard to overlook what Henry has done and should continue to do. Like, I have the fourth pick. Uh, our draft order was just, you know, uh, set in a PPR league. And I'm assuming it's going to go those three guys. I would like to get Kamara at four. I would be thrilled with that. But um, I share it to my brother in law. I'm sure we're going to take Derek Henry. He's not your brother-in-law. Um, he's, your, <laughs> he's your wife's brother-in-law. That's okay. So, um, uh, it, why, so let's say let's say I I'm just nervous about Kamara or Henry, and I want to say, all right, I'm going to take Devonte Adams because he may not score as much as Kamara and Henry if they hit, but he's so much safer in full PPR. It's hard to say that when you just scored 18 touchdowns. <laughs> mm. Right. Uh, right. Um, well, look, if we thought he was going to outscore them, we'd probably take him, right? But, but Isn't running, this where we bring up Kelsey? Kel- would you and take- Kelsey, Kel- exactly. Kelsey has been around 300 fantasy points in two of the last three seasons. And that is a spot in full PPR. That is a, a number that about three running backs per year hit. Uh, four, maybe, something like that. Now, the best ones blow that away. But... Like what I'm saying is, if you feel like Kelsey and Adams are bust proof, what is it? Is it okay to take them third or fourth? Yeah, if you feel a certain way about Zeke and Aaron Jones should be in the mix, and you're you're scared off by Henry's back to back years with over 400 touches, and you 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 disagree with the notion that he's not human, then yeah, Kelsey <laughs> is the Kelsey and Adams are the epitome of safe picks in round one. You should when probably stay. Hey, well, you could. Uh, yeah, um, I didn't but, do that because I, I can't. I just, I know we would never do that. But I would legitimately consider. I yeah, I get it Kelsey. because Kelsey has been number one in PPR points per game five straight years. Adams, I think, has been number one or number two, one or two, two of the last three years. They're awesome. They're safe. They've got high floors. They shouldn't hurt you like a running back that you draft and then underwhelms or gets hurt would hurt you. But you wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it because I want the running back that I think has the chance to be RB1 by the end of the year. All right, moving back to ADP. Barkley is five and Zeke is six. We know Jamie likes Zeke five. Nobody likes Barkley five right now. Uh, Dave, who do you like? Not far off, though. Okay. Uh, He's far a little far off for me. I I would put Saquon there if... He never tore his ACL. How do you explain last year then? Um, <laughs> the offensive line is better, and, and that I believe that Saquon Barkley would see a higher target volume from Daniel Jones. Well, who do you actually have fifth? I have Zeke fifth. Oh, okay. Okay, sorry. So who, who's sixth then? Aaron Jones. Jamie? Same. But that's, Ooh. you know, I'm starting to get Barkley right there. Really? Okay. So, all right then, let's take a look at ADP, and we'll just go by that instead of your rankings. So, Barkley 5, Zeke 6, Nick Chubb 7 in as RB7, not overall. In full PPR, I can't believe no. that. No. Then, yeah. Then that, Taylor. That, that's a pick where people are taking the, the talented, one of the most talented running backs, and they're ignoring how fantasy football scoring works. Right, because per game, he was uh, number like around fifteen or sixteen. He was good. No, he no, wasn't... he was he was ninth in full PPR. Right, 
I, I think, no, no, no. I'm saying point fantasy points per game. He scored somewhere in that 15, 16 PPR oh, point per game. Nine, nine, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, I'm talking about the actual the points actual he points. scored, not 16. where he finished among running total points. Yeah, but he missed four games. No, 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 no. He's saying he scored 16 points per game. Oh, 16 points per game. I'm sorry. Yeah, and he finished. Who's on first? Yeah, right. It, it was, he was RB9. But it's a little, you know, he played only, he barely played the Dallas game. So he, he would have been about 18 points per game in PPR. But he, it's such a great year for Chubb. And he was, he was ninth per game in PPR. So in a full PPR league, it's just, you shouldn't take him over Eckler. You shouldn't take him over Aaron Jones, right? Right. It's true. Okay. So it's Chubb, then it's T- Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones. Is Taylor at the back of that group now? Yes. Yeah. Taylor or Chubb? Uh, Chubb. Sam. Eckler or Aaron Jones? Jones. I have Jones a spot ahead of Eckler. Why not Jones fifth? He has been a top five running back, running back two years in a row. We are figuring a bump in the passing game production for him with Jamal Williams gone. Why not Aaron Jones fifth? Because I'm worried about a downgrade in touchdowns for him. It just, it, it wouldn't make sense for the Packers to have A.J. Dillon on the sideline when they've got first and goal from the three and they hand off to Aaron Jones. Now, they did last year, though. They, right, they did because Dillon was a rookie last year. Dillon was third on the depth chart for them. And I think they, they might want to save Jones for that passing downs role. So he might get an uptick in targets and catches, and that's obviously great, but he could see a slide in touchdowns. And I don't think I, I think Zeke's got a little bit more upside in both catches and touchdowns that put it puts him ahead of Aaron Jones. If Dak's shoulder injury lingers closer to the season, not put Aaron Jones ahead of Zeke. Yeah, I, look, one of the things that I struggle with as a host is repeating things that I've been saying for the last like five months. But I know we've got a, mm-hmm. a lot of new listeners who haven't heard any of it. Ezekiel Elliott has been. I would have to say a much worse running back the last two seasons of his career than he was at the beginning of his career. Uh, Aaron Jones, on the other hand, is by all accounts, I mean, he's one of the best running backs in football. I, I would have to, I would have to say that he's a better running back than Zeke right now. So, I, I, I think you're right. The one thing that you got to hope for is that you know renewed interest in his conditioning for Zeke. Yeah, you know, helps this year. Um, renewed motivation you know, for coming off a bad season in general. Everybody around him renewed motivation, you know. So not that the Packers guys don't have that and and that Aaron Jones doesn't have that. But, you know, Dave's point is very valid about A.J. Dillon getting a bigger role in, in the run game. And if Aaron Jones doesn't take a significant step forward in the past game, and he's been very good, and you've, you pointed this out time and time again, Adam, when Devontae Adams has been hurt, when Jamal Williams hasn't been there, you know, the uptick for Aaron Jones has been fantastic. They throw their running backs all the time. Aaron Rodgers has done that many, many times throughout his career. Uh, hopefully that's the case for Aaron Jones. So, you know, it, it, it's, I think once you get past those first four guys, because again, I do think they're going to be locked in, you know, there, there, there's going to be some different drafts where they're not, but once you get past Henry and Kamara, uh, if you like Aaron Jones more than Zeke, I think he does, I think he has Aaron Jones over Zeke, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, you, you can certainly take him They're They're, they're neck and neck for me, you know, and, and I think Barkley is, is creeping his way back into that conversation too, just because you saw what he was able to do once upon a time. And the hope is that he can get back to that level again. He is third, but he could easily be in that conversation. I wonder if this is the year that this changes, but every, oh, I always screw up this stat every year that Matt LaFleur has been a head coach or an offensive coordinator, 
A running back has been second on the team in targets, I'm pretty sure. Maybe second on the team in catches. It's been Gurley. Uh, it's been Deion Lewis and Aaron Jones. And so I think it's five seasons. Maybe it's So four. who would it be this year? Cobb? No, I mean, I think it's probably Roger. I mean, I think it's probably uh, Roger. I think it's probably Aaron Jones. I would agree with you, but I mean, who's the one that could ruin that? Cobb? I would say Amari Rogers. I I think, (laughs) no, I think it would be a dark horse thing where he's just better than than we imagined and Randall Cobb is like old and just on the team for fun. I think if Cobb gets hurt, then maybe you've got a shot there. Now, Cobb's going to start the year, but remember it, that this is this is still a team that you could say Matt Lafleur is calling the plays. Aaron Rodgers is going to decide where the ball goes when he yeah, passes. I, well, I, but yeah, I just want to bring that up because it's a point in Aaron Jones's favor. Uh, all right, I think we could stop there because now you know with with Eckler, we'll talk about him tomorrow. After Eckler and Jones, you've got less proven players. You've got Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson and Clyde Edwards-Elair, and then and Joe Mixon is in there as well. He's really interesting. Jonathan Taylor and Nick Chubb, and a lot of drafts will fall into this range. So we will talk about that. <clears throat> and I will leave you with this. How great would it be? I mean, this would be great, right? If every time A.J. Dillon scores a rushing touchdown and Aaron Jones' fantasy manager is so mad, we play the Dillon you son of a soundbite, right? That'd be come on, Dave. Come on, Predator. Come on, Arnold. I, I'm familiar with the movie. <laughs> Get to the chopper. You son of a come on. You know. All right. What's the matter, Dave? CIA got you pushing too many pencils or something like that. We're out of here, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> How many more obscure movie lines are you gonna? It's Predator. Steal? Come on. Did you memorize the movie? I've memorized a lot of Predator. Yeah. Predator or Terminator 2? Terminator 2. Easiest thing you've ever asked me. Predator or Terminator 1? Predator. Okay. I think Terminator 2 and Predator are the the two best Arnold movies. It is pretty remarkable how many Predators they made. (laughs) No love for Kindergarten Cop. (laughs) Is Kindergarten Kindergarten Cop a top five Arnold movie? No. Uh, it's not better than Twins. It's better than... No. But it, it's, got, it's got its fair share of funny quotes, too. Well, maybe a couple. You know, I think t- Twins probably isn't so good now. What? What do you... Like, if somebody's never seen Twins and they turn it on, it's kind of lame. No, it's not. It's kind Yeah, I don't know. What about Eighth Junior? Father's Adam, did you love Father's? Last Action Hero? What about Junior? Uh, I didn't mind Last Action Hero. It was uh, what are the top five Arnold movies? Uh, well, okay. Well, You're going to say Terminator 2. I, Terminator 2 belongs. Terminator Predator 2 belongs. Oh, Terminator 2 belongs, but what's one? I think it's Terminator 2. So the other the other options would be like... Command. Well, Conan. Those movies uh, suck, don't they? I think no, but I think a lot of people would probably say Conan. Like, I don't I don't necessarily agree, but I think a lot of people would say Conan. I think Commando is, is definitely up there. Yeah, Commando's up there. Uh, True Lies is great. True Lies yeah. is my favorite Arnold movie. Okay. More than Terminator 2, huh? Yeah. Because he gets to be funny in it. True Lies is really awesome. All right, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to, mm-hmm. hold on. Well, you know, we're just going to have fun here. I'm going to IMDb Arnold. True Lies is one. I'll give Total you Terminator Recall belongs up there. Oh, yeah. Total Predators Re- 3. Running Man needs to be in there. Running Man's really good. It, Total Recall. Total no, Recall. I mean, yeah, I said that. 
I think Terminator One should be in there too. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. He does, he's, that, he, big, he's not really in it. It's not well, really an Arnold. Movie. No, he's in it. Right. It's not really but an it's Arnold. It's the most movie. iconic line ever. I'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not really an Arnold movie. It's kind of a Linda Hamilton movie. All right, so you got Commando, you got Predator, you got Running Man. I don't know what Red Heat is. Twins. Total Recall. Total Recall. Kinder, kindergarten Cop is really good. It really is. I just don't think it's top five. Right, when you I'm think about Arnold, you think about five. I'm going to go True Lies 1. Uh-huh. Terminator yeah, 2, two. Has to be one. Total Recall 3. <laughs> Running Man 4. And I'm going to go Twins 5. Okay, I'm going to go Terminator 2, 1. Predator is number two. Um, Total Recall, three. I love Commando. I think I think Running Man is fun, but kind of silly. So I love Commando, four. And Tim Brown's in Running Man. I'm going to go, go with Kindergarten Cop, honestly. I think, it's, I think it's really good. I think it's a really good movie. Kindergarten Cop makes my top five. Ridiculous. This is the running back preview, by the way. Dave, your top five. <laughs> running man preview. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to go with Batman and Robin <laughs> first because no one played Mr. Freeze like like Arnold. True Lies is one. It's getting cold in here. It's time for the freeze. Oh, I didn't put I didn't put True Lies in. All right, True Lies. Yeah, uh, True Lies has to be one. True Lies will be three for me after T2 and Predator, which means Commando goes, <sighs> oh, Commando goes to four. Ah, whatever. Who cares? Go ahead. It's going to be True Lies. I love Total Recall. Oh, Total Recall. I love Terminator 2. Two weeks. True uh, weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Predator and Commando, 4-5. I think you guys it's should... time to go to Mars. <laughs> All right. We're out of here, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow on Running Backs Part 2. Thanks a lot for listening. This is Fantasy Football Today. See ya. Get to the chopper. Dylan, you son of a...